We're going to be reading from Philippians 2, 12 through 18. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers are walking down the aisles. Please raise your hand. They'd be happy to give you one. If you don't have a Bible at home, or you know somebody who needs one, go ahead and keep this one. That'll be our gift to you. Again, we're reading Philippians 2, 12 through 18. From the Bibles just handed out, that's going to be on page 922. Follow along as I read. Therefore, my beloved, have you as, always, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Let's pray. God, thank you for everybody who, who's here today and that we get to gather together uh, to worship you. Please humble us and uh, allow us to just hear what you want us to, to hear and learn today. Amen. 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 Good morning. You all can have a seat. My name is Mike Lee, and I get to be uh, the pastor here at Mission Valley Church. If you're new here today, if this is your first time, uh, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, we want you to feel welcome here. You are welcome here. I hope that you were warmly greeted, um, but I want to get a chance to know you too. So if you're brand new and I didn't get a chance to shake your hand this morning, uh, I'd love to do that after service. And so there's a couple of ways we can meet. Uh, one, I'm going to be out in the courtyard right afterwards. We're going to baptize uh, two people today. You can go ahead and cheer for that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to baptize two people today, so we'll celebrate that afterwards. we got treats out in the courtyard, so you can meet me out there. Uh, another way that we can meet, if you want to fill out one of those Connect cards, just uh, turn it in uh, at the info table. We have a gift for you, and, uh, and then I'll connect with you that way. And then the other way that we can meet, if you want, just send me a text, 602-763-3331. Uh, everybody in here has my text. You can text me anytime, uh, and I'm happy to uh, connect with you that way. So uh, we are walking through the book of Philippians. We're just going through every single word, every single verse. Uh, it's one of our favorite things to do as a church. Just pick the book of the Bible and just go through all of it. Uh, we're reading every single bit of it, and we're learning that in Jesus, we can have joy in all things. Uh, we would say that it's easy to have joy in some of the things, but in Jesus, we can literally have joy in all of the things, and we're so thankful for it. Now, if you're new here, if, you, if today's your first Sunday, and I've met several people who this is your first Sunday, we're so glad that you're here. If you're new here, you may wonder, hey, did I miss all the singing? Like, did I miss all the singing? They only did one song, and now we're, we're preaching. Is that it? Is this just like a church that doesn't sing? You might be like, maybe this is the kind of church where they don't sing, and you're wondering that kind of thing. And I would tell you the answer is no. We are absolutely a church that sings. We are a church that sings loud, and we sing to the Lord, and we're so excited to do it. We just do the majority of our singing at the end of the service. And we do this intentionally. There's a lot of intention behind this. We sing at the end on purpose. It's very much on purpose because we think that sometimes people walk in on a Sunday morning not quite ready to sing. We think that there's a lot of reasons why you might walk in here on a Sunday morning and you're just not ready to sing. Maybe you've had a bad morning. 
Maybe you've just had a bad morning. Maybe you've had one of those mornings where it's like a fight to get the kids here to church. And they didn't want to show up and they didn't want to put their shoes on and they want to get dressed. Uh, maybe you've had a, a bad month of bad mornings where it's just been all month and just things haven't gone well. Maybe you've walked in here this morning and the burdens of the world are weighing heavily on you. And you're like, you know what, I just, I don't feel like singing. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even know Jesus yet. Maybe you've, you've never met Jesus, you've never heard about Jesus, and so singing to Jesus wouldn't make any sense for you. And that's why we do our singing at the end, because it is our hope and it is our prayer that through the preaching of God's word, that we will give you good reason to sing. And so what it really comes down to is, that's my job here. That's what I do. I mean, mostly that's what I do. I preach sermons here. And what I'm going to do on a Sunday morning is preach this sermon. I'm going to preach out of the text that Mike had just read. And I'm going to preach it in a way that gives you good reason to sing. I'm going to remind you through God's word that all of us have good reasons to praise God. And I want you to know that you have really good reason to sing today. So one of the ways that I'll preach sometimes is a preaching style. One of the things that I'll do is sometimes I'll preach in a way where I put a lot of tension in the room at the beginning. And then at the end, there's like this big reveal. Like at the end, it's like, oh, and here's your reason to sing. Like it would look like in the beginning of the sermon, I would just put like all the weight of all the, the hard things and the brokenness of the world and all that kind of stuff. And I just put it all in the room and it would feel really heavy in here. And then like right at the end, I'll tell you the really good news. And you'll be like, oh, there it is. There's my reason to sing. Sometimes I'll preach like that. But I want you to know that today's totally different. Today, I want you to know right away that you have good reason to sing. Like, I'm going to start with it. Like, I'm going to give it to you just a second. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the good reason to sing. And you're going to be so ready to sing right after I tell you this thing that you probably wouldn't want to just start right where you're at. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to let you know the secret. You'll, some of you will be like, I'm ready to start. But Kobe, wait. Just wait. Like, just wait, all right? Because Kobe will want to get up here and sing. Because I'm going to give you the good reason to sing. And some of you are going to want, like Dave Reaver is going to want to burst out the song. Right where he's at. It's, no, he is. He is. It's really good news. And you'll do the same thing. I'm just going to ask you to just, just sit on it for a second and see if you can just hold it in until the end. And then we'll all sing really big. It's that good of news. I'll tell you this. Here's a secret. There's a secret passage or a secret desire of my heart. Secret desire of my heart. That one Sunday, you all would walk in here so ready to sing that you wouldn't even let me get up here to preach. You would just do that first song and just keep on going. And I would say that sermon for the next week. That'd be so fun to me. I think that'd be so cool. You're just like, I'm so ready. Here it is. You ready for it? Is everybody ready? I don't feel like you're ready. If you want it, here it is. Okay, here it is. Here is your good reason to sing. Here is your good reason to sing. Here it is. Christian, God is working in you right now. All right, good. I, is this the kind of church that does that? I didn't even know. We, but I guess we just did it. So now we are. God is working in you. Like right now, God is working in you. I think we all know. Boom, that's it. We all know. I know you want to sing, Kobe. Just sit there. Kobe, Bailey, hold on to him if he tries to get up. Get somebody else because Bailey will want to sing too. God is working in you right now. That's what's happening right now. God is literally working inside of you right now. I think we all know this. We all know that God is working. Like we can feel it. We know God must be working because we're not spun off this planet, right? Like, like I don't know. Like God's like holding the planets in, in alignment. I don't even know how he does that. But not only is he doing that, he's literally working in your life right now. He's working in you. He's changing you. He's shaping you. He's molding you. Right now it's happening. You thought you're just sitting in a chair. God is at work in you right there. Can you feel it? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, here's the thing. Maybe you don't get it yet. Maybe you don't grasp it yet. Maybe you're just not quite ready. I want you to know that the same God that literally spoke the world into existence 
The God that said, let there be light, and then there was light. The God that separated the heavens from, from the seas. The God that did that is working in you right now. The same God who became flesh and lived a perfect life, healing people, performing miracles, walking on water. The same God who became flesh and literally died and then three days later walked right out of the grave. That God is working in your life right now. Praise Him. He's not like on break. He doesn't take a break. He never stops. He never stops like working all over the place, but literally in you, in you right now. I can see it. You're being sanctified. Oh, it's beautiful. But you're getting better. You're, you're better than you were just when I started. God's working in you. Yes, I'm getting better too. Imagine how good this could be by the end of the sermon. Look at this text. Philippians 2, 13 says, For it is God who works in you. It's God who is working in you. He's working you. He's working. He's making you more like him. He's changing you. He's shaping you. He's growing you. Remember two weeks ago we said that there's just some churchy words that you just got to know. Whether you want to know churchy words or not, there's some churchy words you got to know. One of them is salvation. That is what happens when Jesus chooses you, loves you, and saves you. And you repent and believe. That's salvation. And then there's sanctification. That's the process in which you are becoming more and more like God. And what I'm telling you is that process is being carried out by God. It's God doing the work. Oh, it's so good. This is God's working sermon. I'm here. I'm glad you're here for it. Think about this for a second. Just think about this for a second. If you were hungry and you walked into your house, you're just hungry and you are anybody ever been hungry and you walk in your house. You're hungry and you walk in your house and you're like, I like to get a sandwich or something like that. And Gordon Ramsay's in your kitchen. This is Gordon Ramsay, you're just in your kitchen. And he goes, Hey, can I make you something? Maybe you're like, well, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'd like some beef Wellington if you're not too busy. It's what you're famous for, right? That'd be awesome. You'd be pretty pumped. Or if your kid signed up to play rec league basketball, some of you have little kids, if your kid signed up to play rec league basketball and you show up in the rec center and it's LeBron James who's going to coach your team, you'd be like, wow, that's fantastic. I thought it was just going to be like Mike Lee, but LeBron, he's probably just as good, right? But it's just as good. All right. Or if you decided to remodel and redecorate your house and join the games, just show up and say, hey, can I give you a hand? You'd be like pretty pumped. All that stuff would be pretty cool. And I'm telling you, and Paul is telling the church of Philippi, that it's God himself, creator of all things, literally working in you and on you right now. Boom, that's it. Who's ready to sing? Let's do this. All right. I, I did write the rest of the sermon. Let's just do this. Here. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome to think about this. I just don't think we grasp this. I, don't, I think if we were really grasping this, we would sing all the time. I think we would just constantly be worshiping God and we'd realize, oh my goodness, you're literally working in me right now. Like, I would think God has something more important to do than to work in me right now. Like, in you, because you need help. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just picking on Wes because he's sitting up front. I like it. I like that you're there. That's so good. He's working in you right now. And if you can believe that, you have awesome reason to sing. You could say, you know what, I've had a rough morning, but God is working in me. I've had a really rough morning or a really rough month or a really rough life, but God is actually working in me. I am valuable enough to the creator of the universe that no matter what else he's doing, he is molding me and shaping me and sanctifying me right now. You are a masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. You're not just a work of art. You are a work of God. Think about that. It's fantastic. So today, as we look at this passage, we'll see that there are implications about what it means that God is working in you. And the first one is this, God is working in you so you can obey. 
Because God is working in you, you have freedom to obey. You can simply obey. This is what it says in verse 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He says, you have always obeyed. You can obey. You can simply obey. You are free to obey. You can say, God is working in me, and so I'm just going to do the things that he wants me to do. You can do the things God wants you to do and not do the things God says not to do. You can trust that God is working in you and that his ways are better, and so you are free to simply go with his plan. Allow him to lead you. you sit under his authority. Sit under his leadership. His plan is better than whatever plan you have. You can obey freely. Church, I want you to understand that there's so much freedom in simply trusting God enough to just obey Him. To just say, hey, whatever you want to do, just take my life and use it. Wherever you want me to go, just take my life and send me. Whatever you want to use of my resources, they're yours anyway. God, I'm just stewarding them. What would you have me do with them? There's so much freedom in this. Church, think about this for a second. If Gordon Ramsay was at your house and he was making you dinner and he said, can you pass me the salt because I'm going to season it, you wouldn't say, are you sure it needs salt? I mean, it's Gordon Ramsay. I mean, if he thinks he needs salt, it probably needs salt. If LeBron James said, hey, dribble the ball like this, you probably wouldn't say, well, let's see what Mike Lee has to say. It's LeBron James. I mean, he kind of knows what he's talking about. You would trust that Gordon Ramsay knows how to season the steak or that LeBron James knows how to dribble the ball. So when God says do this or don't do that, either in his holy word or through the conviction of his Holy Spirit, you are free to obey. Man, there's so much freedom in just saying, you know what, I'm just going to obey God. You and I have this amazing blessing to live in a time where we have complete access to God's Word. I don't think we realize what a blessing it is to live in 2023 where God's Word is literally all around us. We have physical copies of the Bible. Most of you have a copy of it on your phone. You can access it anywhere. If you don't understand it, you can look at commentaries. You can, you can read other articles about it. You have access to other Christians that have access to it. We can sit under the authority of God's Word and just do what it says. And we have so much freedom in that. We can, we can read it and we can, we can sit under its authority. We can literally just do the things that the Bible says, even when the world says that those things are not popular. You have the freedom to reject worldly wisdom and instead hold on to godly wisdom. You have freedom to do that. You're free to obey because God is working in you. He's working in you through his word, through the conviction of his Holy Spirit. You have freedom to obey as Christians. We can, we can do this. We can pray and obey. Have you ever just thought about how much freedom you have and just the ability to pray and obey? Just, I'm just going to go to God. I'm going to ask him what he wants me to do. And when he tells me what he wants me to do, I'm going to just do it. There's freedom in that. To not worry about, like, what does everybody else think I should do? What does everybody else feel like I should do? What would make everybody else happy? What would make me the most popular? What would be the cool decision that my parents would really love? What would be the cool decision that, that, my, that my friends would really like? What, what, what about that? There is real freedom in this. To be able to just pray and obey. To know God is working. And so I can make serious changes in my life, even if other people don't agree or understand. You can totally move to that new place. If God's telling you to go there and you don't have to worry so much about what everybody else thinks, you can totally change directions in a relationship because you believe that that's what God wants you to do. And you don't have to worry so much about what anybody else thinks. There's so much freedom in this. Several years ago, uh, my wife 
Uh, Penny, she was trying to decide uh, whether or not she wanted to go back to school and get her doctorate. She'd been praying about it, and she felt like that's what God wanted her to do. She had just been praying about it, she felt like that's what God wanted her to do. And so she was kind of looking for an out, and so she came to me. And she said, hey, I've been thinking about getting my doctorate, will you pray about it too? And I prayed too, and we, we both agreed that God was saying, yeah, this is what you need to do. You need to go get this degree. And what's it for? We don't know, but God's telling me to do it. And then what happened is, as people came into her life and started saying to her things like, hey, do you really need that? That seems like it's a lot. Are you sure you can handle that? She was just free to ignore all that junk. Because she was holding on to what God said. If you will listen to God, if you will sit under his word, you can ignore the rest of the world. If you will sit under the conviction of his Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry about what everybody thinks about you. We have so much freedom to obey. There's freedom in that. It's good news. And because God is working in you, you can do it. Now, of course, you're free not to obey. We have free will. So you can ignore it. You can not obey God. I guarantee, as a pastor, I'll just tell you this, it doesn't go well when that happens. When we try to live our lives outside of God's will, it never goes well. It always ends up with a problem. It always leads to a time where we're going to have to come back and repent. But you're free not to obey. The question is, why? Why would we do it? When we know that it's God who's working in us, and God who has a plan for us, and God that has a plan that's so much better than ours, why would we do anything other than obey? Church, God is working here. So you're free to obey. The second thing I want you to know, God is working in you to sanctify you, to sanctify you, to mold you into his image. This is what it says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now only and not not so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul is encouraging the church of Philippi and the church of Mission Valley to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And as we are working on it, as we are working on spiritual disciplines like prayer and Bible reading and quiet time with God, as we are participating in that's what I want you to understand. Can everybody still hear me? Everything's fine, right? It's God that's working in you. It's God that's doing this work. You can be excited and you can obey because it's God that's working. But left on our own, we would mess this up. I want us to think about this. If our sanctification relied on us, we would probably mess this up. We would probably figure out new and exciting ways to mess this up all the time. That's probably what we do. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that it's not me that is transforming me into God's image. I think if it was me that was trying to transform me into God's image, I would get that so wrong. If it was me trying to transform me into God's image, I think I would blow that. If it was, if it was me doing that, can you imagine what it would look like? I always think about it like this. If I was trying to transform myself into God's image, I think it would look like this picture. We have this picture. There it is. Somebody see this picture? Like that back half, that's God's work. That front half, that's what, if Mike Lee was trying to make a horse, that's what my horse would look like. Like, if you saw this on the internet and you thought, I wonder if Mike Lee drew that, I did it because it's much better than I would have drawn. This is what it would look like if we were responsible to do this ourselves. Take my picture down. That's awful. If that's what we were, if we were responsible to transform our own selves, that's what it would look like. But it's God who's working in you. It's God that's doing that work. It's God that's bringing you to completion. It's God who's molding you and shaping you and sanctifying you. And it's a process. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Sanctification happens over time. That's why the Bible says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. God is working here. He's working in you and it's a process. You're not finished yet. So the implication is that you can trust the process. If you can truly believe that God is working in you, you can trust the process. Look, I know that we live in a world where it's like instant gratification. It's instant satisfaction. Yesterday morning, I, 
I feed birds at my house. It's a weird little hobby I have. I don't know why I got into this. I, I have bird seed and I put it out. And yesterday I ran out of bird seed. And so I ordered some more bird seed on Amazon. And I was all upset that it was going to take four hours for it to get there. I was like, I can't wait four hours for bird seed. These birds are hungry now. I'm going to have to, I'm going to order it, but then I'm going to go to the bird store and get some more. And it's been crazy that I couldn't wait four hours for bird seed. It's also awkward that I feed birds, and I wish I wouldn't have told you about it. Um, it's funny. So I, I have other cool hobbies. That's just a weird one that I have. But anyways, I, I know that we live in this like instantaneous society where we want it right now, but I want you to know that your sanctification is a process, and you can trust that God is working. You're not done yet. If you still have breath, if you are still alive, if you're still here, you can trust that God is not done. He didn't take a break. He's not taking the summer off. He's not vacationing up north for the summer. He's working in your life right now. God is working. It's a process. Third thing I want you to know is this. God is working in you, so you need not complain. Oh, that, that one just, just smolder. I preached this to myself at 4.30 this morning. God is working in yourself, so you need not complain. I think we complain when we don't know, don't believe, or don't trust the process. But if you can truly believe that it is God working in you, you really need not complain about it. This is what it says in verse 14. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. But this is a good thing. It's good that you don't have to complain. You are free to not complain. I am free to not complain. We can just do it and trust God's plan. Church, not people like you, not, not nobody here, I'm sure, but some people in the world have a tendency to complain. I'm sure it's not you. Maybe it's just people that look like you. Maybe it's just people that sound like you. It's probably not you in general, but maybe some of you, maybe me. We have a tendency to complain. We complain about how things are going or not going, and I think sometimes we think, well, I'm obeying but I'm going to complain and grumble about it a little bit. Like, I'm going, to, I'm going to do what you want me to do, God, but I'm just going to complain about it a little bit. You know, you understand, I'm going to complain about it a little bit. I'm going to do this thing that needs to get done. I'm just going to, I'm going to complain about it a little bit. Like, like I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to come to church, I'm just going to complain about it a little bit. I, I'm going to show up for the service project, I'm just going to complain about it a little bit. It's hot outside, I don't really want to do it. I'm going to give my money, I'm just going to complain about it a little bit. Or question why it's getting spent the way it's getting spent. I, I'm going to sing these songs, I'm just going to complain about them afterwards, because they weren't the songs that I wanted to sing. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to go to this Bible study. I'm just going to complain about the guy that's leading it and the fact that I didn't get fed where I wanted to get fed today. A lot of people are walking, not people like you. I'm not talking about people like you. I'm talking about other people. There are people that are walking around saying, I'm going to obey. I'm just going to reserve the right to complain a little bit. I'm going to go to this ministry event. I'm going to just complain and grumble a little bit about it. And I think a lot of people are doing that. But this week I was reminded when Eric Cook shared this article on Facebook. Eric Cook's one of our elders. He shared this article. And he said in this article that grumbling and complaining while obeying God is not God honoring. That to just do what God is asking us to do, to sit under the authority of his word, to sit under the authority of, his, of, his, of the conviction of his Holy Spirit, and to do that while we complain is not God honoring. It's not honoring of God to complain while you do his will. It's not honoring to God to complain while you follow his plan. And the good news here today is you don't have to. You don't have to. You can just trust that God really is working. And if he really is working in your life, then the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're going through, God is aware of them, and you don't have to complain about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to complain about how you got slighted or how your feelings got hurt or anything like that. You are free to not complain. 
Here's what I've learned about complaining over the years. It accomplishes nothing. Nothing has ever been fixed by complaining. Anybody, everybody's like shaking their head, yeah, yeah, you're right. And we've all done it. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't make anything better. And so you are free not to do it. To just trust God's plan so much and to know for sure inside so much that God is working in you that you just don't have to complain about it. Just free not to complain. Isn't that free? God is working here. You're free to not complain or grumble. Here's what I want you to know next, church. God is working in you to reveal himself to others. Why is God doing all this work? Why is he doing all this work? I mean, why doesn't it go like this? You get, you get saved, you believe, you repent, believe, and you go straight to heaven. Why? Why are you still here? Why are we still walking around? What are we doing here? Well, God is revealing himself to others through your life. God is revealing himself to others through your, your life, through your walk, in the way that you're doing it. God is revealing himself to other people. This is what it says in verse 15 and 16. It says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. I think this is one of the coolest things that God does. This is one of the coolest things that God does, that God chooses to reveal himself through sinners like you and me. That he's watching you and changing you and sanctifying you so that you can be blameless. So that you can be blameless. So that other people will say, that person right there must know something that I don't know because they're going through something just as difficult as what I'm going through. But they're not complaining. What is it that they know? What is it that they know? Who is it that they know? Who's doing that in their lives? God uses us to point others to him. I think about all the ways that God could share with the world. Just think about this for a second. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. God could literally command the mountains to sing praises to him, and the mountains would sing. I mean, what's a mountain going to do if God says sing? The mountain's going to sing. I mean, God can do anything he wants. God could write the gospel in the stars. God could, like, literally turn the, 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 the entire night sky into a movie that just shares the gospel. And yet God chooses to work through sinners like you and me. He chooses to work in us and through us to make himself known. God's sanctifying you, he's changing you, he's molding you so that others will see him in you. God works through us in spite of our weakness to show his strength. God works in us through, through in spite of our brokenness to show his beauty. God works through us in spite of our tendency to wander away from him to show his faithfulness. How many times has God chased you down to bring you back? How many times has God run after you to, to call you back home? How many times has God sent somebody who loves you or cares about you to go and remind you of the truth? You know, when God does that, he's showing us how faithful he is. Church, God's been using regular flawed people like you and me from the beginning for his glory. And that would be, yeah, that'd be enough, but he also does it for our good. He's not just doing it for his glory. He's also doing it for our good. God working in us and through us is for our good. It draws us closer to him. And it keeps us further away from the things that are bad for us. Church, I want you to know there's all kinds of stuff out there in the world right now that is not for you. There's all kinds of stuff in the world right now that is not for you. The people that made it, the people that invented it, the people that are marketing it, the people that are selling it, the people that are going after that, they're not going after Christians because it's not for you. 
There's a lot of stuff out in the world. There's just bad stuff out in the world, and it's not for you. And the closer you stay to God, trusting his will and his plan, the more it will help you to avoid that other junk that's out there. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about this. Paul is going to call that stuff garbage. He's going to call it refuge. He's going to call it crap. He's going to say there's so much out there that is not for you. And the closer you stay to Jesus, the closer you live in his will, the safer you will be from that. God is working in you. And so you can trust him enough to say no to this other stuff. And the closer you stay on that relationship with him, the closer you stay to him, the more it's going to be easier for you to say, I, I just don't need that stuff. It's sort of like a cycle. It sort of works like this. I, I stay close to God. I stay close to God. And it reminds me of how much I need God. I stay close to God and it reminds me of how much I need God. Which reminds me that God asked me to go out and tell other people about him. And I stay close to him and I, I'm reminded about how God told me to go out and talk to other people about him. How he's sanctifying me to, so, so, so that I can go out and show other people about him. And then I'm reminded as I'm staying close to God how friends of mine really need God. How what they really need is Jesus. I'm reminded every day how friends that I have that don't know Jesus really need Jesus. And I'm like, wow, I want to go talk to them about Jesus. And that makes me desperate for more Jesus. It's like a cycle. You see how it works. The closer I stay with the mission, the more I'm reminded about how much I need Jesus. And when I'm reminded about how much I need Jesus, I'm reminded about how nothing else satisfies like Jesus. How nothing else gets done when Jesus gets done. How nothing else makes me feel like Jesus makes me feel. It's sort of like a cycle. The closer you stay to him, the more you'll want him to be, the better you will be at avoiding all this junk that's out there. Church, God is working in you, and it's for your good and his glory. It's for your good and for his glory. As he's changing you, as he's molding you, God is working here. He's literally working in your life. And some of you will still sit here. Some people in this room are listening in on the podcast. Some people will sit here and say, yeah, but can God really work in me? Maybe some people that are sitting in the room will be like, okay, I'm sure God is working through some of the people in here. So you know, I'm sure God, either you look around the room, you're sizing people up, you're like, well, I can see, yeah, her, she seems pretty awesome. And that guy, I mean, Michael Davis is here, I can see God working in his life for sure. I mean, he's awesome. He's a good dude. And, you know, there's like fantastic people in the room, right? And I, I can see God working, but could God really work through me? I mean, could God really work through me? I mean, I'm a sinner. Like, I mess up all the time. I can't, I probably won't make it out of the parking lot today before I mess up. And maybe that's not you. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. Right? Maybe I'm just talking to myself. But then you're just, maybe you're sitting here, you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Can God really work with me? I wonder if God can really work in the life of somebody else like me. And I want you to know this, that God is working in you like he has in the lives of other believers since the beginning. God is working in you just like he's been doing since the very beginning of the word. If you go back and you just read through God's word, God is always working through regular people just like you and just like me. That's what God does. He's got a track record of this. He's got a history of it. You can trust him because it's what he's always done. Look what it says in this passage of scripture. This is a long passage. This is what it says in verse 17 through 30. Paul writing, he says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. And then Paul is going to say to this church of Philippi, let me tell you about two examples. Let me tell you about two examples. Uh, some people, just regular guys that you would know. 
He's like, I'm just going to remind you of just two guys that you would know about. These are people that are not foreign to you. You would know them. and remind you about what God's doing in them. He tells them about Timothy and, and Epaphroditus. He says, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. Now as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him soon, as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that surely I myself will come also. He says, I'm going to remind you of Timothy. I have nobody else like him that will genuinely care for you. I'm going to send him there. God is doing work in Timothy. He says, I want to remind you of that. Just a regular guy. This isn't some like high elevated guy, some famous. This is just Timothy. I, we know Timothy as a guy, Timothy. And he's like, I just hope that God will send, send Timothy soon. I want to remind you what God's doing in Timothy. And then he goes on. He says, I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, and fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because. Because you heard that he was ill, indeed he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor, such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Paul is reminding this church at Philippi that it is regular people that God is working in and through. These are regular people. These aren't famous people. These aren't famous theologians. This is Timothy and Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus who's just almost died because he's out serving the Lord. He's reminding them that all of these regular people are doing it. And these regular people were preceded by regular people. You've heard some of their names, Noah and Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Deborah and David and Esther and Ruth and Joseph and Mary and many whose names are not recorded in the Bible for us. Regular flawed people, regular sinners just like you. You can trust that God is working in you because God's always worked through people. God has always worked through regular people. They are contemporaries of Peter and John and Luke and Barnabas and Priscilla and Aquila, all just regular people. People in the New Testament whose names we have, God working in them and through them to sanctify them and also to present them blameless to other people. They're followed by regular people like Billy Graham and Tim Keller and Richard Jackson and Dan Yeary and Dale Brooks and people just like you gathered here today. People like Kobe and Ruth and Jacob and Scott and Lynette and Janine, just regular people. God is working in the lives of regular people like the two young people that we're going to baptize in just a couple of minutes, Warren and Samuel. This is what God does. God is working in you. God has always worked in regular people like you so you can trust that he's working in you now. Church, you have good reason to sing because God is working here. He's working in you. He's working in you so you can obey him. He is working in you so that you can be sanctified. He is working in you so you need not complain. Just simply trust his plan. He's working in you to show himself to others. And he's working in you like he's done in the lives of countless others. Church, God is working in you to sanctify you, to change you, to mold you. To make you more like him. To present you holy and blameless. So that the world would look at you and say, wow, 
There's something different about those people. There's something different about that person. They must know something. They must know someone that I don't know who isn't. That's sanctification, but maybe you're sitting in here today. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you've never even believed. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you just got invited to church. It's your first time here. Maybe it's your second time here. Maybe it's your third or fourth time here and you've never believed. Maybe you've been coming to church for so long you can't remember, but you've never actually believed. Maybe you're just wondering, like, could God do this in my life? Could God change me? Could God use me? Could God mold me? Like, that guy's talking. He seems pretty excited about it. But could that be me too? Could that be my story? And I want you to know that if you're here today, that can absolutely be your story. Could you believe that you didn't just walk into this room today in happenstance? Could you believe that you were brought here today for a reason, for this moment, so that God could call on you? Could you believe for just a moment, could you allow yourself to believe that maybe God has been working in your life for so much longer than you realized? And that all of the things that have happened to you have led you to this moment. And maybe God has been calling your name for a long time. Maybe God's been running you down for years. Maybe you've been trying to ignore him. Maybe you've been looking the other way. Maybe you've been ducking it. Maybe you've been thinking, he can't possibly want me. Does he know what I've done? And I want you to know this morning that if you're here, if you are listening to this, and you wonder, could God do this for me? The answer is absolutely yes, if you can believe. If you can believe the good news that Jesus came down here, that God's only son came down here to this earth and he came as a baby. And while he was here, he lived the perfect life that you and I never could. While he was here, he died the horrific death that you and I deserved. And, and three days later, he literally walked out of the grave in a way that we never could to save those who could believe. Can you believe today that God loved you so much that though your sin has separated you from him, that God does not want you to stay in that separated state. And so he's made a way for you to come home. He's laid down a bridge for you to come across the bridge of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Can you believe today? If you can believe, if you can sit there and believe, then you can know that God is working in you. Would you trust him enough to believe? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gift of your word. And we thank you that while you are doing everything, while you are literally holding the universe in place, you are working in our lives. We're thankful for the work that we've already seen happen in our lives. We're thankful for the work that we've seen happen in the lives of others. And we unashamedly ask for more of it. Lord, bring us to completion. Bring us to completion for our good and for your glory. And God, if there's anybody in this room today, if there's anybody gathered up in this room or listening in online that has not ever believed in you, God, I ask you to do what only you can do. I ask you to give them faith to believe. Jesus, give them faith to believe. It's in your name that we pray.